Welcome to Game Chat, a podcast focused on esports and all things game related. Each episode, we interview an exciting guest from the world of gaming, from up and coming streamers to YouTube celebrity gamers. We learn and share together with our audience. So go ahead and jump in on this game chat. Now, here's your host, Daniel Scott and Lance Jefferson. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of Game Chat. We got another special guest here with us today, uh, better known as Drifter. You know, welcome, welcome, Drifter, to Game Chat. Tell us um, a little bit about yourself and um, a little bit about what you what what games you play. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's good to be here. Uh, my name is Brad, but most people know me as Drifter, and I've been making YouTube videos for almost a decade now, running my own channel for about eight years. I did some stuff with Machinima before that, so I've been around wow. for a lot of changes. Awesome. awesome. And I'm probably best known for doing Call of Duty, uh, guides, advice, engine breakdowns, stats, stuff like that. But in general, the kind of videos I make are game guides, usually on the more technical end and less on the opinionated side, mm -hmm. with occasionally some deeper, more personal topics or commentaries that are designed to help people either mentally, philosophically, spiritually, whatever. Those kind of come in frequently, though. Awesome. 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 So do you, do you, I guess, do you do your own content creation uh, in regards to editing and all of your video editing and stuff? I used to. Uh, up until about four or five months ago, it was a completely one-man show. Okay. I did all the recording, all the editing, all the voice effects, everything. However, in the last four or five months, I have hired an editor. Okay. So for some projects now, I rely on the editor and some I still do myself. Gotcha. That's awesome. Is, oh. is it a local editor or is it someone you found online? Uh, somebody I found online. It was a fan of mine who originally started making me stream highlights that I could share on Twitter or elsewhere. Awesome. awesome. And then I contacted him to just make highlights of certain games mm -hmm. at a commission rate, that is. And then later, I just decided to hire him full time. That's awesome. So, what what got you started with um, uh, with your YouTube streaming and and um, your guide? Uh, the short version is it was something that I didn't even know was possible when I first started. You okay. got we got to travel back in time to the days of the Dazzle and the EasyCat, Hopog <laughs> HD PBR, mm -hmm. and. I had a random spam message on Xbox looking for body actors. And I was like, what in the world? And I just had to reply and see what was going on. And that's where I found Machinima, which is, you know, you would use the theater mode in Halo to film Spartans, and their heads would bob up and down like this <laughs> when they talk, like Red versus Blue. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I realized that the games I was playing, specifically Halo at the time of the theater mode, had a sort of engine and camera and editing system and everything built into it and mm -hmm. I can tell little stories using those tools without having to hire actors or a set or mm -hmm. stuff like that and I, I always enjoyed telling stories and writing things so I experimented with that and had some success and that led to doing guides because that commentary eventually would take over that and then streams after guides and I've just been kind of riding the wave of chaos and trying to keep up with whatever new content people want to see. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. So well, well over 10 years in the game <laughs> as, as a content creator. That's, that's yeah, I'm still barely hanging in there. That's yes. amazing, man. Right? It's about keeping that content out there, right? Being consistent. So 
you 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 mentioned Call of Duty. Did you do any? Did you play competitively at at any point, or was it? Uh, no, I did uh, own a team. I was a co-owner of Team Envious for a little bit. Okay. I am no longer. I was very very minority shareholder. So when okay. the big money investment came in, I got forcibly bought out and the shares were redistributed. Gotcha. But I got the equity for free and I was paid well for it. So I was pretty happy with that. And I would occasionally give advice to professional players. I made my own fake pro team, Pink Wall, to play at events mostly oh, nice. just so that I could have fun and kind of, yeah, pretty much just to have fun and control of it, not in <laughs> a serious capacity. The closest I've come to doing esports is I did play in a Fortnite tournament and I managed to win about forty five hundred dollars from Epic. But oh, nice! I have nice, since not nice. returned to the land of Fortnite. Because <laughs> sweaty TTV builder boys drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any like um, favorite memories uh, being, I guess, in those in those kind of competitions and stuff? Yes, it was a memory that I, I wasn't even competing in. This was when I was a co-owner of Team Envious, okay. and they went to Gfinity in London. And one of the things I wanted out of the organization with Envious is I wanted a trip to Europe, and they agreed to cover some parts of it. And this was a time where Call of Duty YouTubers and pro scenes didn't cross over a whole lot, and mm -hmm. people didn't, uh, like YouTubers wouldn't go to events. So I made it to the venue, and it, it was packed. There were thousands of people there. And I was trying to find where to go with the team to get set up and start doing my thing. And if I remember correctly, we got a little lost and we accidentally walked out on main stage. It was me and Merck. <laughs> and everybody in the audience recognized us and just started cheering. And I was not expecting that. I just walked out into two or three thousand people cheering for me and Merck, and that was a very different feeling. Or and then you know, and then later that day, lots of cheers, big lines, that sort of thing. And it was really new and interesting and humbling to meet so many fans all at once. Mm -hmm. So how long How long were you a, a co-owner? Two or three years, About three, okay. if I remember correctly. So that means you guys traveled to and participated in a number of tournaments then, a lot of tournaments? Yep. Uh, I didn't go to all of them by any means because I wasn't managing the team, okay. but I went to some. Okay. Any... um. What's your what's your thoughts right now on the new Call of uh, Call of Duty Four and their battle royale modes and <laughs> I like Black Ops Four uh, battle royale uh, Blackout is what they call it quite a lot. It's it was very fun for me for a long time. However, the monetization systems they put in the game have made me just stop playing. Even mm. at my income level with what I'm doing on YouTube, I feel like I can't afford to play Call of Duty mm. anymore. Gotcha. And they are, I think Activision is hell-bent on squeezing every ounce of money and life out of that game from the fans. Every year it's the same engine with you know minor upgrades. There's no major technological reinvestment. There's mm -hmm. no major shift. It's, it's another Call of Duty game, which is fine. And then every year it's a new method of monetization, supply drops, season pass, supply mm -hmm. drops, and the season pass, mm -hmm. in-game purchases. Mm -hmm. This year it had all of it. We have literally pre-order bonus, full game price, season pass, then monthly battle passes every two months. Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And then after month, two-month battle passes, there's direct in-game purchases, challenge purchases, and supply drops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was just too much, and it just felt wrong. So since then, I've kind of pulled back, and I'm on that Apex Legends track. Oh, I was just oh, going to yeah. say, what, what about Apex Legends? 
Talk to us about that. What's your thoughts? I love it. I think it's really good. It, it's not without its flaws, mm-hmm. but it's a really good <clears throat> game. It's literally a triple A polished shooter that dropped out of nowhere with no hype, BS marketing or anything, no mm-hmm. console exclusivity, no major flaws, no crummy microtransaction system. Right now you can only get things by like skins for money and, and loot boxes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the game is free. There's nothing outside of that. And you don't have to buy those things. Yep. So that's yeah. been pretty good for me. And I've had a lot of fun playing it too. Gameplay wise, I think it's quite fun even if the learning curve is somewhat steep. Yeah. So give me your, your pros and cons with uh Apex versus Fortnite. I know those are the two hottest uh games right okay. now. Mm-hmm. So they're both free to play games. Mm-hmm. They both have a microtransaction system that I think I think Apex is, is going to end up being pretty similar to Fortnite. So I will admit Fortnite has more content coming out faster than any game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. From map updates to events to new vehicles to new weapons to new skins. Fortnite has a ton of content, so that's definitely a pro for them. Mm-hmm. Fortnite's made by Epic, which makes the engine for Unreal. So Fortnite runs really well. Mm-hmm. Fortnite is also the only game that has true crossplay at the moment that I'm aware of. You can play mobile, PC, Xbox, all in the same lobby, any system with Switch players. And that's fantastic. That is something that's really, really rare. It brings people together and Epic's been really adamant about supporting that. The base gameplay of Fortnite is also very unique. So it's very rarely repetitive in yeah, any capacity. Yeah, yeah. And I think they have, they're doing a lot of unique things, not only with their monetization systems, but with their in-game, we'll say, combat loops. And for the most part, it's really more of a hip-fire game with, with the bloom that's very annoying. You can't go full auto, you can't aim down sights on very many guns. And it's also not really a shooter as much as it is a builder. You win your fights now by building which in my opinion has become a detriment to the game because if you're not playing three to four hours a day, you cannot keep up in a build fight and yep, life yep, is hopeless. Yep. <laughs> Apex, and you, then, you, then you, on the other end, you've got PUBG, which is closer to Milsim, Battle Royale, very realistic weapons and sounds and ranges and bullet drop, and <clears throat> probably not as much on the health. People tend not to survive when you shoot them, but you know, a, a, more, a more sweaty kind of game. Apex mm-hmm. is in the middle in that it is sci-fi it's a little cartoony it's a little upbeat it's fast-paced you have abilities and stuff but despite all of that it's still a shooting game at its core Mm -hmm. and the guns and the shooting mechanics are really good and the mobility is very good even if it's slightly tuned down from titanfall 2 so it's a game that you get to have fun with without having to go on either end of the sweaty and dealing with the Mm ttv builders Mm -hmm. in fortnite or the just the god aim shroud people in PUBG that are difficult to deal with. It's a it's a good balance, and I've had a lot of fun with it for that reason. Nice. So, uh, are you um? What's I guess what's in store for 2019? Are you going to be hitting up any of those tournaments, any in Apex or anything? So I don't think I can do Apex tournaments because they're all sponsored by Twitch. Gotcha. And I stream on Mixer, which just kind of excludes me by default. So okay. I don't expect to be participating in any of those anytime soon. <laughs> My content with Apex is primarily going to be guide-related, stream okay. highlights, funny moments, that sort of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of sucks, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's rough because streaming used to just be the thing you do on Twitch, but now you've got YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook mm-hmm. and Microsoft, which is Mixer, and Caffeine and LiveMe and all these other companies getting in and essentially offering contracts and buying out streamers. And it's kind of breaking up the market, mm-hmm. but the the money and the tournaments and the the big events are all still based on uh, 
Twitch. Mm. Well, eventually, I guess they'll they'll move on to some of these other platforms and stuff as well once they, they start pushing out some. Some, some games will, some won't. Yeah, uh, it just depends on who's doing them. Gotcha. <laughs> You're listening to the Game Chat Podcast, brought to you by Gamers Bay, with your host Daniel Scott and Lance Jefferson. What about like a little bit of your your background? Like we we talked about you you've been doing this for about ten years now. Have have you did any formal education as well? Did you end up going to college? Uh, I have two degrees. First degree is in mechanical engineering. Second degree is masters of business administration. Awesome. I got awesome. those um, before the YouTube thing took off. I was I was. I don't know. I wanted to be a scientist at one point. I wanted to work in engineering and I did my program and I got my degree, but near the end of it, I was getting burned out because mm -hmm. that was after the 2008 financial crash where engineers went from high pay to not so great pay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of people that were being treated as quants. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the word quant, mm -hmm. but it would be like a guy in an office with a big stack of equations and they were like, here, crunch these numbers and your job would just be to math all day. You weren't doing anything creative. You weren't building or making anything. You're just math, 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 solve this problem, mm -hmm. which I get is part of the engineering uh, tool set, so to speak. But that was scary. So I was like, all right, you know what? I want to do something more creative. I want to put my, uh, say, inventing powers to work doing <laughs> business. So I signed on the MBA program and the MBA program was enlightening but parts of it were horrifying and depressing because some of the professors but also a lot of the students were interested in making money and not providing a product or service mm. not i'm going to make money and be a benefit to society i'm going to invent something nobody else has and make money there was a lot of scheming mm. how to make mm. money off existing things how to set up service companies and uh, just some kind of unethical things that I had to do, uh, even in my advising sessions in undergraduate that re uh, sorry, graduate, but really burned me out. Mm -hmm. And about the same time I was doing YouTube part-time, I worked with Machinima and they had a very unusual pay structure. It's a little separate from YouTube, but I was doing it part-time for income because I wanted to get married and I didn't want to work at Applebee's or Starbucks or whatever, because I make the same money. And I realized, okay, if I'm going to do this wedding, I need more money, and there's no cap on how many videos I can make. I can just make more videos, mm -hmm. and more videos is more money. And the pay structure was then such that it was delayed about three months, maybe four. Hmm. So I started working really hard, just cranking out videos, and the views were going up and up and up, and, and things were going well. And I got the money, and I got married, and I had a big wedding and did that. And then after the wedding, the money just kept coming in more and hmm. more and more. And I did some quick math, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm making more than a starting salary MBA playing video games. What's the smarter choice here? <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. you go. There you go. And then the rest is kind of history, huh? Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's a phenomenal story. Yes. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So talk to us a little bit about um, growing, growing your community. Um, I know we have a lot of viewers out there that you know they're just they're trying to get started with YouTube and they want to be a content creator. Like, what, give give us some some little insights and, and tips. You think? I don't think there's any magic or insights in growing a community. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the advice that you could give about managing people or expectations or this kind of giveaway or this kind of strategy 
is nonsense because different things work for different people. The, the simple broad brush that I could use to paint over this problem would be that to grow a community or to make a channel or to do content creation, you need to do the content that you want to do. Uh, if you just decide, I'm going to be a funny moments channel, I'm going to upload clips from Ninja, Road to Commander is popular, uh, Mozambique only, everybody's, and you're just like, you know, I, I just want to get views and subs. Mm -hmm. Most people fail horrifically with that. I can think of about two people that didn't make content that they wanted and just went the views and sub methods and was successful. Almost everybody else failed miserably. And the content that resonates best with audiences is content that they can tell that you're interested in. If it's mm, something that you're passionate, passionate about, it'll show up even subconsciously in your voice. It'll show up in the way you treat and work on the content. Mm -hmm. It'll show up in a lot of different things. If you're just, if you're just trying to crank views, it will eventually backfire. Mm -hmm. as, as a gold nugget right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so what, what I took away was do something that you're authentic about and be authentic about what you're doing. Yeah. Even if it's something that other people would make fun of you about, if it's model trains, if it's, uh, I don't know, testing out different types of Tums tablets, mm -hmm. if you're a marker enthusiast, if it's something that actually matters to you, it probably matters to somebody else and it'll resonate well with them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, jumping, uh, jumping topics again, uh, you, we talked about earlier, you know, when you walked out on stage, you know, and unexpectedly, you had two or three thousand people just cheering for you to see you there. Is that something that you do often as well? Like go to events and do any public ex appearances? No. No? I don't do that too often. Uh, I do go to events and I'm not private. I don't hide, you know, there's no security team or like VIP red tape. Mm -hmm. I do I do fan meetups when I travel around the world. Uh, wherever I, if I go to a new country, I try to have a fan meetup in that country. I can't every time, sometimes for legal reasons. Sometimes at events, there's a fan meetup, sometimes there isn't. But as far as like big public, like me literally on a stage in front of a giant audience, very rarely. Yeah. So have you ever been to the, the Cayman Islands? No. <laughs> All right. We might have to do a fan meetup over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I've done them various places in the U.S. I did the Japan, Singapore, Germany, and London. But not, I didn't do it in Peru. Peru okay. was a little bit too dangerous to attract attention to myself like gotcha, that. Gotcha, mm gotcha. -hmm. I would say, uh, you're, in, you're in Texas, right? Correct. Yeah, we had, um, we had Jessie Fangs. Jessie Fangs, yeah. Down, down here as well for our first event. She's, she's from Texas as well. What's your, what's your, um, what's your thoughts on esports and where it's heading? Do you think that we'll ever get esports in the Olympics? Uh, Olympics, I'm going to say, are far less likely. It's possible the Olympics may not be a thing in some number of years. Mm -hmm. Esports is uh, what's well, doing better than that. I used to what I used to say is that esports is now where NASCAR was 20 years ago. It was a joke sport. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not serious. It's not a real sport because it's just cars and cars are doing the work. But esports has very quickly gone past the joke level where NASCAR was and moved much more into the mainstream. And I think that you will start seeing esports on TV, on ESPN, and as the younger generation moves up and starts spending money and consuming more media and having more prominence, you will see an increasing number of esports being broadcast in mainstream media. If mainstream media even lasts, mm -hmm. it's not all going to go digital very soon. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're going to see esports have the same level of 
generational staying power or legacy like uh, the Olympics because esports comes in waves. Starcraft mm -hmm. is hot, now it's not. Mm -hmm. Warcraft is hot, now it's not. Mm -hmm. Overwatch is the thing, now it's not. CSGO, COD, whatever. Mm -hmm. And these franchises last for a long time, but they're very rarely number one for a long time. They get discontinued. You can look at League of Legends, and they're on season eight, nine, now. Eight, I think. Yeah, eight. eight. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say League of Legends has oh, been hot for eight years, and League of Legends eight. esports is still probably the number one. I don't know how. I don't know. Fortnite does really well though. Mm -hmm. Let's say esports and League of Legends has been number one or two for eight years. Mm -hmm. Eight years is nothing compared to MLB, to NBA, to NFL. That is that is, that is a. That is a blip. There are single players that last longer than entire competitive <laughs> yeah. esports. So right. esports is definitely going to be there. It's going to be popular. It's going to be a big exhibition event. But I think it's going to be something that rotates and changes really mm -hmm. fast. What about what about your idea about um, you know with regards to some of the traditional sports like your your soccer and your basketball um, playing those in a, in a digital form. Uh, I don't think that'll, I mean, it'll, what's the right word? I don't think that playing digital soccer is going to replace playing traditional soccer for sports. Uh, at least in the first world, people play sports mostly not because they want to play superstar, be a superstar, but for fun, for physical activity, to do something with their friends. Mm -hmm. And that isn't going away anytime soon. Playing, correct, playing correct. games is great. I do it all the time. But mm -hmm. there is there is fun about going out in the real world and doing it. Yeah, it will yeah. exist for some time. No, for sure, for sure. I'm just, I'm just more thinking along the lines of maybe like a, being an addition to the Olympics, let's say per se, where you got a team from U.S. and teams from um, Canada and China and where, uh, around the world, basically. I mean, they already competing. do that. EA yeah. has their own championships. Mm -hmm. But I don't think those are going to overtake the the actual the real sports. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gamer Nation. Uh, so that brings us to the end of another Game Chat episode. Uh, we had an awesome time talking with Drifter. Uh, we learned a lot. Uh, I know I did, uh, yeah, especially, when sure. it, especially in the comparison for e Apex versus, uh, for, Fortnite. versus Fortnite. Man, we covered content creation. We covered, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, co we covered you know, being, being authentic, mm -hmm. uh, growing your community. Thank you again, uh, Brad, uh, a.k.a. Drifter, for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, look forward to you know, possibly having you on again in the future. And um, you know, we wish you nothing but continued success. Uh, very intelligent. Uh, you're doing your thing. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, just all the best for you in the future. Yeah, keep the, keep the well, content. Thank you. Keep thank the you content. Guys as well. All right, awesome. guys. Till next time, this is Daniel and Nat signing off. Peace out. Thanks for joining us this week on Game Chat. Make sure to visit our website, GamersBayCayman.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. We also have cool merchandise and tickets for next year's event. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. You can also find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. See you all on next week's episode of Game Chat.